Calling all detectives. When I went into a movie house with an hour to kill, I didn't realize somebody else was planning a different kind of killing. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. To a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, the time element in crime is very important. Once I even had a case of a man who had an hour to kill. I picked up my change at the ticket window, handed in my ticket at the door, and sauntered into the cool darkness of a newsreel theater. A few moments later, the usher came down the aisle, leaned over. Is this too far back for you, sir? No, it's okay, thanks. There was a cartoon on. I relaxed and chuckled, as did everybody else, except the man sitting next to me. He sat in stony silence, staring at the screen. A moment later, his arm fell heavily against mine and stayed there. I glared at him, and when that produced no results, I nudged him. He sagged over to the other side, would have fallen if I hadn't grabbed at him. It took about five seconds to realize that I was holding a dead man. I pushed him back into the seat, got up, put my hat on my own seat. At the back of the theater, I found the usher, whose features I could now make out. He was a tall, good-looking, red-headed young guy. Where's the manager's office? I'll take you there, sir. The manager was a stout little man who nodded as I told him what I'd found. We'll take care of it, Mr. Browning, and thanks for telling me instead of maybe starting a panic in the theater. Red, get another usher and go with Mr. Browning. A couple of minutes later, we had the dead man in the manager's office. As the ushers laid him on a couch, his coat flopped open to reveal a red stain on his shirt front. This was no heart attack death. It was murder. In a newsreel theater, I found a man who'd been stabbed to death. In just about nothing flat, a homicide squad detail under Lieutenant Dawson was at the theater. Please do this quietly. Don't start any trouble in the audience. Don't worry, mister. We know how to handle these things. Casey, put two men on each exit. Make every person leaving the theater identify himself. The manager nodded, hurried off. Dawson looked at me. Do you know who this man was, Jerry? He looks familiar, Dawson, but I can't place him. Well, I can. He's Burton Fowler. Remember him now? I remembered. Fowler had once been a highly successful criminal lawyer until he'd been charged with attempted jury fixing and disbarred. The people out in the audience were beginning to sense something wrong. Dawson gave some rapid orders. Turn on the house lights. Stop the film. Phone headquarters fax the man to handle this crowd. If that murder's in the theater, he isn't getting away from me. The situation seemed under control, so I strolled to the far end of the lobby, talked to one of the ushers on that side. Say, what time do you boys go off duty? We work staggered schedules, sir. Some like Red Bailey are almost through for the day. Red goes to night school, but me? I like this graveyard shift. Red Bailey was the usher who'd led me to the manager's office and helped get the body out of the theater. Tell all the ushers to stick around after the audience is cleared out. The boy nodded. Sure. We won't leave. It was almost an hour before the last audience members were out of the auditorium. It was brightly lighted now and swarming with cops. In a center aisle was all the stuff they'd collected. Gum and candy wrappers, gloves, scarves, all sorts of junk. But no sharp-pointed instrument that could have been the murder weapon. Dawson was discouraged. 
Maybe the killer took it with him. We have to make sure, even if it means ripping the seats apart. I winced. Dawson, let's try the obvious hiding places first. That's where I'd have hidden it. In one of those big stone urns filled with sand and intended for theater patrons to snub out cigarettes. We found the weapon, all right. A tiny knife shaped like a scalpel and as sharp as a razor. Jerry, it's a good thing I know you, because a man sitting alongside of you is killed, and then you lead me straight to the weapon. Half an hour later, Dawson and I were riding uptown. There'd been no fingerprints on the knife, and interviews with the ushers had been just as fruitless. We searched the dead man's suite at the Wingate Towers Hotel. It yielded nothing. No letters, no papers. According to the superintendent, Mr. Fowler always said his money came from dividends. He never had any visitors. He was a nice, quiet gentleman. Dividends, eh? Blackmail, more likely. Fowler had plenty on a lot of people in this town. Jerry will have to trace all his old clients, check court records, get some names to work on. Okay, but it'll be an awfully long job. Dawson shrugged. Yeah, mighty ticklish. The law doesn't like people who've been acquitted to be reaccused. We'll have to handle them with kid gloves. I turned sharply. What did you say? Why, just that we'd have to handle any suspects with kid gloves. Kid gloves? Dawson, that's it. Come on, we're going back to the theater. Dawson didn't get it. What's it all about, Jerry? Dawson, it's an old, old gag. The man you never notice at the scene of a crime. The postman. Jerry, you've lost your mind. There was no postman in that audience. With Dawson trailing me, I led the way backstage to where there was a group of lockers. The ushers were changing into street clothes. I looked at each one carefully, finally picked out the one I wanted, Red Bailey. Red, what have you got in that portfolio? Why, school stuff. I take night courses. Yeah, so I heard. Do you take art courses? Yes, sir. I'm kind of late, so if you'll excuse me, I'll just go on to... He tried to brush past me, and when I grabbed at him, he made a fight of it. So he never had a chance. The portfolio was full of art supplies. Everything except a palette knife. The one he'd used to kill Fowler. Of course, there'd been no fingerprints on it because he wore gloves, as do all ushers. He'd killed Fowler when he came down the aisle and bent over to ask whether my seat was okay. Sure. He admitted it. After a while. I planned it for months. Used to watch him come in here every week, filthy blackmailer. He'd been getting money from my father for years on some phony evidence he cooked up. When my father died, I paid off Fowler the way he deserved. Dawson listened in silence. Then... Now I get it. An usher in the theater is like the postman on the street. You just never think of him. And that was all. Like I said, the time element, the opportunity to commit the crime, is important. Two bad criminals don't remember another kind of time. The years they spend in payment for their crimes. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz. And a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective. 
This is WGN Chicago serving the Middle West.